0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you too go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. So they went off and he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, he found others standing around and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you too, go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, my friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: today I have many things to say, you know, and I know some of you are like, oh no, this is going to be a long one, and most of you are always like, oh Father, no, it's fine, but I know there's a few of you that are probably lamenting it already, but um, so we're just going to read this whole book here today, that's what's going to happen (laughs) Um, actually, one of you, one of you generous parishioners actually gave, I this shall remain nameless, but many of you are very generous, and, and somebody gave me this book that's called Return by Brandon Vaught. He's one of the content directors for Word on Fire Ministries of, of Bishop Barron. And this is just something uh, I had highlighted. And there was, um, this was kind of in reference to some of the abuse scandals in the church. And so, and this is how it starts. It says, We shouldn't be surprised that the church is full of sinners. After all, you and I are a part of it. As the famous saying goes, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. It will always contain liars, murderers, thieves, betrayers, and yes, even abusers. Jesus said the church is like a field that is mixed with wheat and weeds. Only at the end of time will the two be separated for now we must move forward in a mixed field, a church where many people, including us at times, fail to live up to the church's teachings. And that made an impression on me just because when we hear this reading today in the gospel, one of the most important aspects of that is that, you know, sometimes it upsets people if uh, they've lived kind of or if somebody else has lived kind of a wild life and then had like this sort of deathbed conversion or something like, well, they just skated right on in there now, didn't they? And that's, that's, you know, frustrating for some people. But it's such a great reminder to us how much we have to pray for those that we disagree with, those that we might even consider enemies. Not for them to see things like we see them, but for them to be converted to Christ. Now, that would be easy, right? Like, oh, why don't they just see my perspective? Because it's obviously the best one. We all often think that way. But it's like, no, we want them to be converted to Christ. That's why we pray for them. Not so that we have the same point of view, but so that they're truly converted. Um, I, you know, I've heard many priests tell me stories about things like this, and so you just never know how often it's going to happen to you. But I'm shocked at how many opportunities that I have to be with people towards the end of their life where they might be coming back after many many years some of us know that experience too like father it's been 30 years since my last confession whatever the number might be that's an important and profound moment that we should absolutely rejoice and remind people of god's mercy and that they can absolutely be forgiven and so we need to do that and that book by the way many of you i think have that book it's about Bringing your children back to the church if they've walked away. That's why it's called Return. So, for many of you, it's super important and near and dear to your heart. So, it's certainly a book I'd recommend. Um, now, there's something else I wanted to read to you today. This is where things get longer, of course, right? So, um, from the second reading of the Office of Readings, this is from a homily that St. Augustine gave. Keep in mind when I'm reading this that he gave this homily, he died in 430, okay? So it's always important for us to continue to gain perspective on the world, the culture that we live in, and where we stand in in our history of time here. So, so, so listen to this. This is such a profound thing he wrote in four thirty. You might like, might be like, I could have written that tomorrow if I wanted to. You know, whenever we suffer some affliction, we should regard it both as a punishment and as a correction. Our holy scriptures themselves do not promise us peace, security, and rest. On the contrary, the Gospels make no secret of the troubles and temptations that await us. But it also says that he who perseveres to the end will be saved. What good has there ever been in this life since the time when the first man received the just sentence of death and the curse from which Christ our Lord has delivered us? So we must not grumble, my brothers, for as the Apostle says, some of them murmured and were destroyed by serpents is there any affliction now endured by mankind that was not endured by our fathers before us what suffering of ours even bears comparison with what we know of their sufferings and yet you hear people complaining about this present day and age because things were so much better in former times i wonder what would happen if they could be taken back to the days of their ancestors Would we not still hear them complaining you may think past ages were good but it is only because you are not living in them it amazes me that you who have now been freed from the curse who have believed in the son of god who have been instructed in the holy scriptures that you can think the days of adam were good and your ancestors bore the curse of adam of that adam to whom the words were addressed with sweat on your brow you shall eat your bread You shall till the earth from which you were taken, and it will yield you thorns and thistles. This is what he deserved and what he had to suffer. This is the punishment meted out to him by the just judgment of God. How then can you think that past ages were better than your own? From the time of that first Adam to the time of his descendants today, man's lot has been labor and sweat, thorns and thistles. Have we forgotten the flood and the calamitous times of famine and war whose history has been preceded precisely in order to keep us from complaining? Complaining to God on account of your own times, of our own times. Just think that, just think what those past ages were like. Is there one of us who does not shudder to hear or read of them, far from justifying complaints about our own time? They teach us how much we have to be thankful for. I just absolutely marvel that that was written in 430. You know, it's just an amazing thing, but but we know that God granted St. Augustine wisdom through a lot of suffering and pain and his own return to the church. But it's an amazing amazing insight that he shares with all of us today to realize our place in history. And that we need to continue to pray for conversion of peoples to christ now i have one more thing to read i, I told you it would be long i warned i warned everybody so I, I do as you can probably tell i reflect very much on what's relevant to you uh in, in what i want to preach to you and so um you know also because you know that i'm a tender-hearted soul <laughs> you know these things um you know death is something for some reason i felt unusually prepared to handle i think it's something that god gave to me but it also touches me deeply and uh this is just something that is written from a mystic named servant of god luisa picoretta who is in the process of beatification and wrote many many volumes of books so that's why it takes a long time for beatification when you wrote many things but this is a reflection that she had on death remember we're all trying to be oriented towards heaven and we want everyone to absolutely go there And so this is God, Jesus, speaking with her. That's why it says daughter, and and she is is the pronoun used. My daughter, the moment of death is the time of disillusion. In that point, all things present themselves, one after the other, to say goodbye, the earth is over for you. Now eternity begins for you. It happens to the creature, just as when she is locked inside a room and someone says to her, behind this room there is another room in which there is god heaven purgatory hell in some the eternity but she cannot see any of these things she hears them being asserted by others but those who say they cannot see them either so they speak in a way which is almost not credible not giving great importance to making all their words believed as reality as something certain so one day the walls fall down and she can see with her own eyes that they had told what they had told her before. She she sees her God and father who loved her with great love, the gifts which which he had given to her one by one and all the broken rights of love which she owed him. She sees her own life belong to God, not to herself. Everything passes before her, eternity, paradise, purgatory, and hell the earth running away, the pleasures turning their back on her. Everything disappears. The only thing which remains present to her is in that room with fallen walls, the eternity. What a change for the poor creature. My goodness is such, wanting everyone saved, that I allow the falling of these walls when the creatures find themselves between life and death at the moment in which the soul exits the body to enter eternity, so that they may do at least one act of contrition and of love for me, recognizing my adorable will upon them, I can say that I give them one hour in order to rescue them. God bless you all today.